welcome to the Zenov podcast series on hyper intelligent automation or HIA. HIA is a technology born from the confluence of AI and RPA evolving from a conventional automation tool to a strategic enterprise game changer. In this series, we bring to you our conversations with leading automation gurus and industry mavericks on how they are defining new possibilities and business outcomes through automation. Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to yet another interesting episode of the Zenov podcast Hyper Intelligent Automation series. I am Praveen Badada, managing partner at Zenov and your host for today. For several months we have been talking to the stalwarts of the automation industry to get their perspective on the market, the rising trends, the defining technology innovations and many more things like that. But in this podcast today we will be taking you behind the scenes and shed some light on the real heroes of the automation industry yes we are talking about the leaders themselves who they are how has their individual journeys impacted their role within the automation space and how have their responsibilities transformed over the years given the massive traction of this industry the automation industry with that allow me to introduce today's guest Chris Huff, the Chief Strategy Officer at Cofax. In his role as CSO with Cofax, Chris develops and drives the company's global strategic initiatives, intelligent automation thought leadership, and cross-functional horizontal integrations. But outside of his professional capacity, there's so much more about Chris that has played a significant role in his journey to the very top. Through this podcast today, we intend to probe chris on what does it really take for a leader in this modern era to keep pace with the changing dynamics and always stand tall in the face of adversities welcome to the show chris hey praveen thanks for having me perfect so now let, let's just quickly begin the session uh, chris and i'm i'm very very uh, intrigued about uh, the career you've had so far you had many unconventional diverse Uh, illustrious uh, you know career roadmap so far from i believe serving as a major in the us marine corps to becoming a management consultant to serving as a ceo at the high growth uh, startup that had an exit uh, to now donning the hat of a cso in a fast growing company you truly uh, embody range uh, chris if i can say so i would love to understand and get started on this podcast by really asking you on some of the common threads that have tied all of these experiences together for you and made you so much effective in your current leadership role give us a little bit of a backgrounder on who chris really is and what has been the journey so far wow no uh, no softball questions out of the gate here and i like how you position it praveen with unconventional and diverse that's the very tactful way of saying what the hell were you thinking and making the decisions that that you had made uh, so um Yeah, you know, it's been an amazing ride. Uh and I think like most um it's a it's a lot of both, you know, effort and luck. While I have plenty of fight left in me, I can acknowledge that I'm closer to the end than the beginning. Um and when I look back on the road that I've traveled, uh I take great pride in being a lifelong learner above all else because I think from that comes the intellectual curiosity, the problem solving, the critical thinking, the collaboration, all of those soft skills that are really needed especially in this rapidly changing technology and digital era. And I found that these intangibles have been really helpful not just in this digital economy 
where you know we've got this rapid sort of ingest of data and it's all disparate in terms of how you can get smart about things. And so the onus really is not just on getting the data, but really on drawing the connections. And I think that's the value or the common thread that has really, you know, sort of helped me throughout my career has been being able to draw connections um, around a bunch of these different disparate data points and then having the courage uh, to have a voice and make decisions that maybe a few others are ready to, one, uh, get behind, two, um, not just get behind, but really hear. Um, because some people will listen, but are they really hearing what, what what you're saying? And so to be able to hear that and then get behind it does take a level of leadership um, in terms of how you inspire people to line up behind your ideas. And I think that's what sort of uh, really helped me as, I, as I've moved along. But, but then there's the luck side of it. Um, and the luck side of it is that I've been extremely lucky to have a number of amazing mentors in my life. Great people that have believed in me, spent time helping me grow, provided me opportunities, and really recognized my efforts. And so looking back on my career, I would say the common thread, if anything, was with the very first leadership trait that they teach you when you become a Marine officer, and that is know yourself and seek self-improvement. And I, and I think that that's what has really shaped what I hope most would describe as my servant leadership mentality, which has helped me grow tremendously as a person, both professionally and personally. I think the servant leader philosophy that's led me into so many new and exciting situations and inevitably put me on a path of pursuing more impactful initiatives in life and finding purpose. Um, and I think that the byproduct of that are really these unique chapters in, in my book of life that uh, you so eloquently pointed out were unconventional and diverse. Right. No, no, that's amazing, uh, Chris. I think uh, the three things that you talked about, which is connections, leadership and, and luck, I think are, are really important. I think everyone has their own relevance in the way uh, individual careers kind of unfold. And uh, personally, I take a lot of inspiration from... Uh, you know, people have been successful in different settings and, you know, adverse situa- situations and, uh, you know, scenarios that they had to deal with. People like Andy Grove from Intel, Bill Campbell, who had been the coach for everyone, almost literally everyone in Silicon Valley. Uh, off late, Ben Horowitz, uh, who is making some very smart decisions on uh, on the future investments and so on. Is there any any uh, anybody in your you know last 20 25 years of careers that you look up to and you have taken uh, le- le- leadership lessons from who do you really uh, you know go to for coaching uh, who inspires you give us a little bit more detail on uh, who has influenced the shaping up of your career at different stages of your uh, your path yeah and that, another great question i love how introspective these are you were you were not kidding when you opened this up and so that we're not going to focus on the technology we're really going to get to sort of like what makes a person tick um and how does that ticking sort of make them you know successful you know given this industry i think just philosophically leadership is something that we cannot take for granted it's a privilege to lead and manage people and while i admire a whole host of business leaders all the way from you know, the Warren Buffett's and his long game thinking to Bob Iger's ability to deliver premium experiences to, based on the military background, Sun Tzu for strategies and principles like respecting your enemy, our competitor in this space, um, finding opportunity in chaos, using the element of surprise to outmaneuver competitors. All of those are very, very important. And I think I draw on those uh, as I move forward uh, when, it, when it's relevant. 
Um, but my greatest idol that has really shaped my leadership style has actually been my mother. <laughs> so I, I was raised by a single mom of five, and I've never seen so much passion, loyalty, and perseverance, and that never quit drive. And I think that my mother's work ethic really allowed her to juggle five kids and, you know, at times three jobs. And it took a level of critical thinking skills to really decompose these complex situations. Could you imagine raising five kids and, and trying to manage three jobs? I mean, those are some complex situations, but she managed to use her critical thinking to decompose these very complex situations and rapidly find success through rather straightforward strategies, such as not letting good be the enemy of perfection, just get started. And if you need to recalibrate on the fly, then so be it. Uh, but just get started, finish and tackle the next problem. So I think that I use these teachings as like guiding principles to my everyday approach to life. And, I, and I've got several examples that, that we could sort of get into if you, if you wanted to. But I think that that's more important to me than anything is really having that a la carte menu. Um, and, and I think this is all this all gets back to um and Praveen, I'm assuming you're just like a well-read individual and that you're just a lifelong learner, constantly absorbing. And I, and I think that's what this comes down to is being mindful of a lot of the different leaders and the different leadership uh, traits and philosophies that they exude and then properly pulling on those when needed, given the, the complex situations that I think we all find ourselves in. But there, to your point, there usually is a true north and, and my mother has really served as my true north and the work ethic and, and all of those sort of uh, very deep um, traits that she instilled in me uh, from the outset. Love it. Love it. Um, that's brilliant. So, you know, if your mother were to uh, give an assessment of you today, what would her opinion be of, of you today, Chris? So um, I would hate to speak for my mother, but since you have asked, um, <laughs> if, if my mom were to um, give me like an honest assessment, I think she would uh, remind me to uh, continue being humble continue to help others. Um, mentoring, I think, is something that um, that we all really need to take time to do. I think the gift of passing on knowledge provides the recipient maybe the most valuable gift in the world, and that's time. And that's what my mom always strove to sort of create was time, because again, balancing very complex situation. She, I think she what she write the outcomes, because we always talk about sort of being results oriented and outcomes focused, the outcome that she always uh, wanted to create was was more time for, for, for her kids. Um, and so I think that's what I do. And I think that that's what we do through, through mentoring is that those that we mentor gain time through shared knowledge because they can make better informed decisions without needing to traverse the already traveled minefields. And, and who of us, Praveen, doesn't want more time? Absolutely, absolutely. And I can... Uh, with confidence, say uh, about you, Chris. I mean, at least from a Zenor perspective, and personally for me, um, you've always come across as a very humble human being. And of course, you've helped Zenor as a company a whole lot in terms of making progress on our programs, and you've mentored us, and you've been very generous with sharing knowledge, uh, you know, that you have in this industry. So, so I can totally attest to you know <laughs> how your mother would have given the feedback. We've totally enjoyed uh, doing that, and. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, I also loved your comment about or rather the learnings you've taken from people like Buffet and Bob Iger is one of my favorite author. Uh, Sun Tzu, I've not read enough, but I think every other book, you know, someone or the other keeps quoting him. So by virtue of those quotes, I've, I've learned a little bit of his philosophy and, and the leadership style. So I think it's, it's all uh, it's all really good stuff. 
So, uh, Chris, uh, now purely for the Zenov audience, we have uh, about 800 consultants and analysts who are going to listen to this podcast. Uh, you've been a management consultant yourselves, and now you've changed gears to come to this fascinating world of automation, and you explain the convergence and the value pools and, and things like those. What prompted that move, uh, you know, Chris? What did you observe as management consultant that you chose to come on the other side and uh, actually walk the talk, if, if I can say so? Yeah, so frankly, that whole... Um, anybody who's watched the movie Forrest Gump, <laughs> Forrest Gump, right, very much moved and had chapters of his life. And I see my life as being a book. I think we all do. Um, and I want each chapter to be really, really interesting. And so I really try to create very unique experiences for each one of my chapters in my life. And so my first chapter very much wanted to be a public servant and give back. So I did 20 years in the Marine Corps and retired from that. Um, was a financial manager. Uh, so I had a marketable skill set that I was able to sort of, you know, transfer to the, to the commercial sector and then went to Deloitte Consulting. Um, and at Deloitte Consulting, what I wanted to do there was instead of, um, uh, consuming enterprise software, which I did for 20 years in the Marine Corps, I now wanted to help implement it at a grander scale outside of just the Department of Defense. And so I was able to do that. Um, and I always played at this, you know, we, all, we always have sort of these innate qualities in each one of us. And one of these sort of innate qualities that I've had was always wanting to play at this intersection of, um, of sort of financial assets and technology and how do I get the most out of my given, you know, financial constraints. And a, and a big piece of that sort of uh, answer uh, is technology. And so I always had this affinity for technology, but always played in this sort of the asset and value creation space. And I think parlaying that into sort of the management consulting um, role at Deloitte really allowed me to, one, go there and help start the, the automation practice, primarily focused on robotic process automation. This was about eight years ago, so RPA was you know very hot then. But I think that's why I found um, a natural affinity for sort of the technology and the asset space, um, and therefore management consulting, based on it being a new chapter, was sort of um, not a step too far, but nevertheless a step away from what I had been doing. And then I said, okay, not only have I, you know, consumed and, and implemented the technology, but then I went and consulted on how to, you know, start from scratch in some instance, how to incrementally improve in other instances. But now I actually want to take this and go to a product company. And if you think about it, Praveen, you're, you're absolutely right. Like this is a strange, strange role for more of a business strategist to be serving as a chief strategy officer of a, what most would view as a product company. That's, that's weird. It typically is an engineer by trade that sets in that. And they typically call it a CTO, chief technology officer. Um, but, but let's look at what's happened lately, um, globally. And that is organizations are not buying technology anymore. They're buying outcomes. They're buying results. They're buying experiences. And so many of the product companies now that are successful, they don't even talk about their product. They talk about the outcomes that can be achieved if you use them. And so look at, look at what Microsoft is doing. Look, I mean, these are, these are companies that are traditionally viewed as product companies that have now delivered um, tremendous services. And those services now are what they're selling and that pulls in the product. And so I think that's what's really enabled me to come here. One, I wanted to be uncomfortable again. I wanted to have a unique chapter in my life. Um, and I thought that what I could bring would, would help the organization. And I, and I, and I believe that COFAX has been able to sort of 
recast its image into the marketplace um, in an effective way uh, where our traditional customers needed us to go and where our you know future prospects are needing the technology that now Cofax can bring. So it feels like we've got a good balance of sort of protecting the baseball positioning for the future strategy that we've sort of you know, unveiled over the last couple of years here at Cofax. Perfect. One of the quick things I wanted to also ask you is, uh, and this is a little bit inspired from Wala Afshar from Salesforce, right? Uh, which is really, you know, uh, if you could go back in time and advise a younger version of yourself to do something different or, you know, differently, what what would that be, right? What, what would you advise to your younger self? Um, giving advice to myself. Praveen, we could be here all day. Years ago, like 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, so we won't take the scenic route here. We will get straight to it. Uh, this introspective exercise here reminds me of the adage, um, as we get older, our parents get wiser. Meaning, as, <laughs> as we accumulate experiences, we realize that the advice that our parents shared with us when we were kids was really spot on. And had we listened, we could have saved ourselves so much time and, and headache. But we had to learn the hard way, you know, through the school of hard knocks, as they say. But to your question, if I were able to meet up with a younger version of myself, I guess I would start by saying, uh, slow down, have faith in your instincts and take risks, but also take the time to embrace the moment and celebrate the small wins, not just the big ones, because the big ones are few and far between. And more than anything, take the time to mentor. The gift of passing on knowledge provides a recipient, again, the most valuable commodity in the world, and that is time. And so I think that all of us, uh, especially those of us that have spent uh, a good amount of time in our in our industries and have some experience to share, we should absolutely not wait for people to knock on our door, but we should just be mindful of who is around us, who's joining our organizations, and ensure that we have a very, very strong mentor-mentee process set up. Um, because especially in the current sort of you know COVID environment where we're not in the office, we're not running into each other in the hallways, there is a younger generation right now that is missing out on those hallway conversations. And so I think the onus is on to the more experienced of us to, to do the outreach and make sure that we're, we're mentoring appropriately. Yeah, that's so true. I think we've been onboarding a lot of people and it's funny in the last 10 months, we haven't been able to meet any one of them and uh, they're just catching up, but it's the onus, like you said, is on all of us to make sure that they feel comfortable and that they are mentored enough to be able to get the same benefits that we got. That, that, that's right. They don't know our organizations and all the mechanisms and the accessibility that is there. And so the onus, to your point, Praveen, needs to be on us to do that outreach and make sure that they feel comfortable, that they, that they, are, that they feel empowered, that we empower them, that we give them the right level of autonomy. But we also give them the right level of guidance because I think we're all seeking that regardless of what level. I do this with my mentors almost on a, I know, on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis, it feels like. Um, because of the challenges that we're all working through is I reach out to my mentors and say, hey, can we can we grab 15 minutes? I need to talk to you about something. When you're first starting out, sometimes that can be overwhelming. Like, I don't want to bother somebody. And so making them feel comfortable, yes, please bother me. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we're all going to benefit. We're all going to benefit from, from them sort of, you know, taking on as much experience as quickly as possible. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, uh, this was truly an enchanting session with you wherein, uh, not only did we learn more about you as a human being, but more so how has your own diverse set of experiences 
uh, given shape to your leadership principles and your approach towards uh, sustained success. Um, we truly hope that our listeners found several key takeaways that can one day help them set the tone straight with their own uh, career goals or leadership goals and, and things like those and really enable them to focus on unleashing the very best versions of themselves. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, into this episode of Zenov podcast series. Have a fantastic time ahead and we will see you very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hyper Intelligent Automation Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. To get more insights on how you can make your automation strategy count, connect with us at info@zenov.com or visit our website www.zenov.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at Zenov for regular updates on our content. Thank you again for listening to the Zenov podcast. Music